Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. I'm Brent Weaver, and welcome to the Digital Agency Show. Not every podcast interview goes quite as planned. A couple of months ago, we interviewed Neil Patel on our program. And out of all the interviews I've done, I got the most feedback about that one from friends and fans. Problem was, the feedback wasn't very good. People told us that uh, it sounded like a little bit of a rough interview, that maybe Neil was distracted or uh, maybe wasn't even uh, that nice of a guy. I think Neil's great. And honestly, out of all of the interviews that I've done, Neil's material, what Neil taught me during that interview was, could, could be more impactful than any other show that I've ever listened to. The things that he said on that interview have stuck with me. When I'm out on my rides and I'm thinking about my business, when I'm thinking about where I play in the future of my company, some of the words that Neil said during that interview have just been echoing in my mind on ride after ride, uh, day after day, when I think about what it takes to grow a large enterprise or what it takes to grow a successful business. And I find that kind of interesting because when I finished recording that episode, I was torn. I was torn whether we would even air the episode. Uh, I was not super happy with the final product and even considered going back to Neil and saying, hey, we should probably re-record re this. I want to play you a quick sample. So Neil, uh, you've got a few different businesses going on. Um, what, uh, how do you make that work for starters? You've got a couple different software companies and then recently you've actually created your own uh, agency. Um, how does that all fit together? Yeah, I, I just focus. So I focus on one thing that's driving traffic. Other than that, I don't run anything else. So I drive traffic to the sites. 
they're all in the marketing niche. So it's pretty much the same work. I don't, I'm not the CEO of any business. I don't manage any of the team members or anything like that. I don't pick the direction of the company. I just drive traffic. That's very interesting. How, how did that um, come about for you? Like what's so interesting about driving traffic? It was the best use of my time. And that's what <laughs> I was good at. I'm a terrible manager. Uh, for example, I remember I was in the office and my, the guy who runs the company, Mike, he was telling me, Hey, you know, uh, can you go and listen with the sales guys, their calls, help them out, be on the pitches. I was there for a whole week. I couldn't even listen to one call. I was like, Oh, you guys closing deals. They're like, Nope, not today. And then it asked like three hours later. I'm like, did you close any deals? They're like, Nope, not today. And keep in mind, we don't take deals lower than six figures. So it's like, you're not going to close them multiple times a day. Right. Right. I'm just like pestering the sales guys and they're like, you're not even doing anything. I'm like, yeah, I suck at this. I don't have the attention span. I don't want to do it. I just do what I'm good at, which is driving traffic. So how does uh, founding a company come about when that's kind of your superpower? And it sounds like you aren't, you know, you said you aren't the, the COO or you're not the, the manager. So are you uh, just finding other people that have the chops to run, let's say, these various software companies or an agency, and then you agree and say, okay, cool, I'm just going to drive an incredible amount of traffic to this business and you guys take care of the rest? Yeah, but keep in mind, the traffic doesn't always convert, right? So a good example of this is my blog gets um, a million visitors plus a month. My Kissmetrics blog, which I own, Kissmetrics was a standalone company. Investors own most of it, but I bought out the blog personally. Uh, and then eventually you'll see them merge together with the Neil Patel blog. But if you combine how much traffic I have just with my personal blog and the Kissmetrics blog, because that's pretty much like another arm of my personal blog, you're looking at 2 million visits a month. When you have a lot of traffic, it doesn't mean that you're going to generate a lot of revenue from it. And what I've learned the hard way over the years is it's not about quantity, it's about quality and going after terms like WordPress plugins, which can drive you like 3,000 visitors a day, won't necessarily make you a dollar in revenue. Mm. So you're really good at driving traffic and you bring on other people uh, to convert that into uh, revenue or are you, are you still a part of that whole strategy of, okay, we've got all this traffic, what are we going to do with it? No, I don't deal with that strategy. I just deal with the strategy of driving traffic and making it as relevant as possible. During the interview, I kind of felt like I was on a merry-go-round that every time Neil would maybe open up a little bit of a potential door for us to go down, I would try to explore that. And it always came back to this I just drive traffic. I just drive traffic. I just do what I'm good at. I don't do anything else except for drive traffic. It's the best use of my time. I'm a terrible manager. What stood out to me and what has just haunted me is that most of us aren't nearly, aren't even a tenth as self-aware as Neil is. And he's unapologetically so, that he's got his one superpower and he 
He said that his, his biggest strength is focus, uh, not just focus on the work that's right in front of him, but focus on his work as a professional. One thing you guys may or may not understand as podcast host, this is my learning time. For me, hosting the show and interviewing guests, I see the the public service for it within our industry. I I enjoy the fact that we're able to uh, produce something that you all can enjoy at no cost. You tune into this program every week when we release a show, and I hope that you learn something. I hope that you take something away from it. There are some days, though, that I wonder if I would still do this program if we had no listeners. And I think my answer to that is yes, or if we had very few listeners. Maybe that's something you should think about within your own market. Because for me to sit down and interview guests, even when it doesn't go well, I still take something away from it. And Paul Lacey and I, who was another interviewee a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were having this conversation. I imagine you get a lot of value from all the people that you, you meet on your own program as well. You know, I know you kind of, you're giving information to them, but I imagine it comes two ways as well. And you get a lot of insights into other people's stories and that kind of thing. And that, that, that's something I've, I've gained a lot because I've, I didn't realize I had something to offer to other people as well in return for all the help that they were giving me. But it did turn out that I did, and I did have some, you know, useful insights and, and, and I feel that, you know, that the journey that people like myself, and I, I know that, you know, you've, you've been through a kind of a process with your own agency. I think you sold your agency. Uh, I think I read or mm-hmm. heard that somewhere. And, um, and the, what, what does that even look like to people? How do you sell an agency? You know, and it's just, people just don't, you just don't get taught this stuff in school. (laughs) There's probably a mergers and acquisitions chapter in one of your business books, but uh, the relevancy that it has for a small service business trying to be sold is, is probably zero. Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This has been, uh, so, so yes, I mean, Paul, uh, selfishly doing this show is, uh, you know, and I I know a lot of podcast hosts and and people that um, do this type of thing can probably also attest to this is, uh, I get a ton out of this. I mean, the, the people that I get to meet, it's, it's, uh, as if, you know, I mean, I, I get to listen to the episode or listen to the guest, just like everybody else listening to this show right now. And, and I take, you know, in some cases, pages of notes that, uh, that aren't just for me helping to craft the content of the program, but also for me to take away, you know, that are standing out or resonating, uh, with me about my own business. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's selfishly my secret that it's, it's also helping me, uh, while, while helping our listeners. So thanks for, for bringing that up as well. Not much of a secret. If I tell you guys, that's my secret. I said on the interview, I get a ton out of this and that's the truth. I do take a lot of notes on every show. I apply concepts to my business. When I was interviewing Neil and in the following months, I've had a hard time ignoring the idea that he brought up about focus. Just been reminding me almost daily, haunting me that am I aware of what my focus in my business should be? When I'm talking with some of our 
coaching and mentor clients about their own digital agencies, it's a common theme that comes up. I see people so struggling. They're overworked. They're overwhelmed. Work-life balance, workload balance. They're wearing 12 hats in their business. They're offering 50 services to their clients. Focus. That interview that I wasn't happy about was probably one of the best, had the best messages of maybe any show that we've ever done. I don't do anything else but what I'm best at. I had interviewed and, and talked with a good friend of mine, uh, Yannick Silver, a few years back. And we were talking about speakers for conferences, and he does, you know, a dozen plus events uh, almost a year. And he's, he's had some of the best minds in entrepreneurship present in his conferences. And something that he said to me has always stuck with me around content and speakers. He said, you know, Brent, I follow the message, not the messenger. The message, not the messenger. The message that Neil had for us was to find that focus in our business and to pursue it unapologetically. Every episode that we have, I mentioned that I take copious notes. What I didn't mention in that episode with Paul Lacey was that I take a lot of action from what I hear from guests. I try the things that they talk about. I read the books that they mention. And sometimes those things have a profound impact on my life. I'm a work in progress. And this show, hopefully just like it is for you, is inspiration. It's motivation. It helps me think about my business in new ways. It helps me think about my personal habits in new ways. And every show that we do, I take a little bit from it. We have these amazing people on the program and they give me just one, maybe it's one gold nugget. Maybe it's a different way to think about something. Uh, Maybe it's something to try. And I think as as an entrepreneur now for 20 years, that's the one thing I've learned is that this is a, a, a business or a professional practice where trying small things, making small changes, uh, in, in maybe sometimes those things don't work out very well. Maybe they work out uh, extraordinarily well, uh, but that's what it's about. It's about these small experiments that we run, and we, we run these trials, kind of like the scientific method, and we see how things go. And the entrepreneurs, the agency owners that I see struggling the most are the ones that I see that just fail to grasp that mindset. They don't try new things. They are so scared of failure that it paralyzes them. And they're, they're, they're thinking every day that just around the next bend, their business is going to crumble and they're, they're not going to be able to pay the mortgage or whatever. So they stay within their lane and they don't try new things. They don't try to find their superpower or they are so scared to say no to something that they fail to nourish their superpower and can never reach that success that they they so desire. Now, I'll, I'll confess personally that over the last few years, I've wanted to spend more of my time writing. Uh, when we first started YouGurus, I was writing a lot, and it's something that uh, I've always enjoyed doing. And the business started to grow, and that 
you know, didn't go away, but it changed shapes. I'd go from writing articles to sales letters or emails or things like that. And sometimes I'd get really busy and we have to bring in other writers, but I wasn't writing every day and I wasn't practicing my craft. And honestly, I mean, some of it was that the business got busy and some of it was that I had kids and all of a sudden a little bit of my uh, professional time was shifted to family time. Some constraints were added to my life and I couldn't do everything that I wanted to do in my business. I couldn't wear every hat all the time. And it forced me to focus on what was important and right in front of me. The problem was, is there was this nagging thing behind everything that said, you know, this is a skill or this is a craft that you love and you enjoy. It's part of your legacy. It's part of your legacy. And this was something that really stood out to me uh, when I was interviewing a good friend of mine, Craig Ballantyne, earlier this year ran across this article that somebody asked about your morning routine. And I just want to read this real quick for our listeners uh, to get their bearings on on maybe uh, what your day looks like. And you say that you, um, I get up around 3.45 a.m. so that I can start writing at 4 a.m. Writing articles in books is my number one priority after petting my dog. And on a good day, I finish 1,500 words in 60 minutes. 3.45 seems a little early to me. Yeah, it's 145 in uh, Denver when I'm out here on the East Coast. Uh, yeah, it does seem a little bit strange, doesn't it? And, you know, when I was a young man, I would have thought that was ridiculous. And now it's just a matter of, you know what, this is right for me. And I've just adjusted my schedule. Um, and I mean, I know other uh, lots of other people that actually, you know, some people get up earlier than me, uh, you know, shift workers, factory workers, sometimes they have to do this. You know, I grew up on a farm, so I'm not uh, a stranger to getting up early. And so a lot of people will resist the idea and that's totally fine because it's not actually about the hour that you get up. It's about what you do with the hours that you are up. So, you know, we're going to talk about today, the, what I call the perfect day formula or the system or whatever it is to be more productive. And it doesn't matter what time you get up. It doesn't because my system has worked for people that are night owls. Um, real funny story, real quick. I used to visit one of my friends down in Florida who has a very large internet marketing business, a guy named Joel Marion, who's a fantastic copywriter. And he is a night owl and I would stay at his house and I would get up at four o'clock in the morning to stick to my regular schedule and he would be going to bed and we would like pass each other like ships in the night, just like kind of nod at each other because my, his, uh, my guest bedroom was right beside his office. And you know what? It, it, he used my system to be successful. It doesn't matter again what time you get up. And it's just that's the time that I love. When did you discover that early was right for you? And maybe how did that, how did that occur? Well, that's a great question, actually. I'm really glad you asked that because it was about 2007. I had just gotten through some really bad anxiety attacks that we can talk about later. And, you know, I woke up at 7.30, Brent, and I was like, man, I, every time I wake up at 7.30, I just feel this anxiety. I'm, I, I know that I love mornings. And I know that I want to do so much in mornings. It's like I want to do 12 hours of stuff in the six hours of the morning. And I actually despise afternoons. Uh, but I, I was just thinking and sitting there and I, I was feeling anxious. I was like, okay, tomorrow I got to get up earlier. So I got up at 725. And the day after that, I got up at 720. And I just worked my way back five minutes at a time until I was getting up at about five o'clock in the morning. Well, maybe 530. And I thought, this is really great. And then I started traveling a lot 
And, you know, I had these early morning flights, like eight o'clock. But I mean, by the time you get to the, you have to get to the airport by 6.30ish. That means you have to be up at 5.30. And I didn't want to miss my writing. So I would get up at four o'clock and I'm like, you know what, this is okay. I can deal with this. And it was just a matter of switching my my schedule. I mean, I still have the same 24 hours as everybody else. I, I get about seven hours of sleep a night. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I'll get eight. Sometimes I'll have to do with six, six hours, but I get about an average of seven and I make it work, you know, through relationships and everything. And, uh, there's going to be times when I stay up until 10 o'clock, you know, for business dinners and, and whatnot. And sometimes, you know, you'll stay up till midnight and you'll just sleep in a little bit, but it was back in 2007 when I realized I need to get up earlier if I want to feel better and be more successful. I don't want to make the mistake of thinking that this solution that Craig brought up was about saying yes to waking up early. That is, I think, part of this um, this message today uh, of of what is what is right for us. Now, this episode with Craig. Uh, I had been, I read his book and uh, I did this interview and I got super motivated. I had this, uh, this journal that a friend of mine gave me. It's called the Volt Planner and they have 30 day challenges. So I, I was like, oh man, Craig was talking about this morning routine. I really want to get back to writing some. And he was talking about how he writes 1500 words a day in this morning block and you know, nobody in my house is up that early. I've got two little kids. They do wake up early, but nobody's up at my house at, at four in the morning. Uh, maybe that could be my writing time. So I set this 30 day goal of, you know, I'm going to a 30 day challenge. I'm going to wake up at four 30 in the morning and I'm going to write every morning. So I wrote what the Volt Planner asked me to write about my 30 day challenge, why it's important to me and all this kind of stuff. And I set that goal and then I hit it zero times. Over the course of that month, I had this 30-day goal, 30-day challenge that I was going to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. And, you know, I, I, I say this to give you an example as, as the host of the show, as the quote-unquote expert here. Uh, it's not that easy. You hear something from, from somebody like that that they wake up at four in the morning and, you know, and now if you go into Craig's book, he talks about, you know, dialing it back, starting at seven then going or seven 30, going to seven 15, going to seven, et cetera. Uh, that's not really how I work, but that's okay. I hit it zero times. Now, this was still an idea that I, that, that, that was just going to sit with me for a little while. And I, I reflected upon that month. I journaled about that month and, and setting a goal and just totally whiffing at it. And, uh, but this was a big deal. And I was out at our, our mentor retreat and we were doing some coaching exercises and, and we were talking about, uh, we were talking about some of the things that we wanted to accomplish in our life. And this thing of writing came up again. And through the coaching exercise, what came out to me was this was my legacy. This was not just about, uh, producing, you know, content that would be shared for a business or helping us to drive traffic or this or that. It was about something much deeper within me. And it occurred to me that one of the reasons that I was failing to wake up in the morning 
uh, at this time or adopt this new routine is I kept waiting for the right time. I reflected back around why it didn't work for me the first time around. And the thing that came up was at night, I, I would say to myself, if I'm going to wake up at 4.30, I better go to bed by 8.30 or 9 or whatever. And then 8.30 or 9 would come and go. And then all of a sudden it was 10 or 10.30 or my, my rhythm wasn't used to going to bed that early. Maybe I was used to going to bed at 11 or 11.30. And so then I would stay up late and say, well, I'll try again tomorrow because I don't want to sacrifice my sleep. I don't want to uh, put my health at risk and this and that. And so then I missed my whole month of challenge of waking up early. After I realized that this was a deeper thing for me, that the writing part of it was really what I was, I was meant to do. It was my one thing. Neil Patel had his one thing, drive traffic. That's what he wakes up in the morning and he gets it. That's his thing. That's, you know, the legacy that he's going to live, leave uh, on this earth is, is this driving traffic or, or it's some, some manifestation of that. That's his one thing. And here I was, I had, I think identified what my one thing was and I was failing to do it. And if I was failing to do it, then I wasn't getting better at it. I wasn't challenging myself with it. Uh, I wasn't practicing my craft. I wasn't drilling. I wasn't, you know, working out if you will. And I realized that every time I try to do it, I put these little tiny obstacles in my way. Stephen Pressfield calls this resistance and it's not a tiny obstacle. It's a, it's like a villain of our lives. And this resistance was these little, Hey, you know what? You didn't go to bed by eight 30. So you know what? Sleep in, don't do this morning thing. And I'd wake up at six 45, six 37. My kids would already be up yelling about and, the day was on. I went back to Craig's book and I was reading something about uh, how he goes about doing this morning routine. And at some point I, I, I read this line that when, you know, he sets his alarm and when he thinks about hitting his snooze button, he imagines his business partner, Bedros, who is this kind of burly Armenian dude standing over him, telling him that he needs to get out of bed and, and, and stop making excuses. So I said, you know what? I'm going to set my alarm. And when it goes off, I'll imagine Craig, maybe Bedros standing above me, yelling at me to get my butt out of bed and to tell me this is my legacy. Get after it. So I did set my alarm before I knew it. I'd been running this habit for 10 days, then 20 days, then 30 days going on now, uh, almost 50 days, uh, in this habit of waking up in the morning and doing my most important thing for the first couple of hours of my day, my most important thing just for two hours every day, seven days a week, two hours, seven days a week, my most important thing. Now, I'm not quite to Neil Patel level where 100% of my time is taken up by my most important thing. But what I can tell you so far of getting my most important thing in uh, uh, for almost two months straight now, the energy that it is creating for me, 
for my business has been incredible. I don't have that feeling. Even when things go wrong in my day, I don't have that feeling that I didn't do what I was supposed to do or I didn't accomplish enough today because every day I take a little bite out of the most important thing in my life. Just a little bite every single day and in just over, uh, just about two months, I think I've written somewhere in the ballpark of 60,000 words. I've written 15 articles, most of which have been accepted by other publishers with very little work and effort. I finished a major uh, kind of uh, milestone towards completing a a, a larger project that I'm working on, a project for some of our our community. Something that I had been struggling with for, for months to finish, all of a sudden, I start taking these little bites out of it and make huge progress in a short amount of time by just doing that most important thing a little bit every day. And I still have Neil's words in my head about, I just, I don't do anything except for drive traffic. Focus is his most important and and most gifted thing. He's a terrible manager. (laughs) He can't, he can't help his salespeople. He doesn't run his agency. He's not the COO. He lets go of everything else in his life that is not his most important thing. And because of that, he's created, you know, multiple eight figure plus businesses. He's a, you know, best selling, uh, you know, uh, entrepreneur or best selling author. Or he's got all of these accomplishments that we all look at and we're like, wow, that's so amazing. The sacrifice that he makes is he says no to every other thing. And what I learned after the first few days of waking up early was that it wasn't about the alarm. The alarm was obstacle number one, was getting the alarm set, having Bedros stand over me in my head and yell at me that this is about my legacy. That was important. That was an important first step in this process. But what I really learned was ultimately, if I was going to keep that habit, if I was going to keep and maintain the success that I was creating for me, I had to start saying no. I had to start saying no to staying up late. I had to start saying no to taking on projects that would push me into that mode of having to stay up late for a deadline. I had to say no. I had to let go and give some things to some other people. I had to say no to watching uh, TV or, uh, you know, of committing to doing something with friends that was going to keep me up past nine o'clock. I had to say yes to waking up early. I had to say yes to my uh, contributing time to my legacy. But more than anything, I've had to start saying no to things in order to maintain that. If I really want what's important for me, I have to say no to everything else. My final message for you as our listener today is that I hope you take some action from today's program. I hope you take a little bit of action from every program that we have, that you tune into, that you listen to these successful digital agency owners. Uh, you listen to their, their, the trials they've gone through, the experiences, the lessons that they've learned. There's a, a famous saying that, uh, you know, any fool can learn from his own experience. It's uh, the, the wise person is the one that can learn from other people's experiences. And that's the whole purpose behind this show, to share experiences so you can learn, you can avoid those mistakes, you can try 
things in your business, become a better entrepreneur, become a better agency owner, become a better person, live a life of, of freedom in your, in your business and life. And I want to be a part of that process. If you listen to one of our shows, you try something different in your business, try something different in your life, let us know about it. Shoot us an email, uh, reply to any of our emails here at YouGurus. Shoot me an email, brent at yougurus.com. I'd love to hear from you about how you're applying concepts from the Digital Agency Show to your business, to your life. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I hope you took something from it. I hope you're going to take some action from today, either from something that I said or from some of these guest highlights. Maybe it was some of the messages that you missed the first time around when listening to those guests. Don't ever underestimate the power repetition. Even listening to these gentlemen speak today on this recap episode, I took something from it. Something from today's episode of working through these ideas is going to sit with me and will be applied to my business, will be applied to my life. And that is what this program is all about. Pushing yourself, pushing your digital agency, pushing your, uh, your entrepreneur journey just a little bit further. That's our program for today. Check out more info about our podcast, yougurus.com slash podcast. Each and every episode comes with amazing resources and show notes. That is our program for today. Tune in each and every week for more great content coming at you to help you grow your digital agency. Until then, I'm your host, Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 